Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers dallas cowboy fans fans of the nfl shield everyone in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 98 of the talking the line podcast getting so ever closer to number 100 and as always Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 9th, 2021. Now we got a loaded show coming at you today. You know if you clicked on the show today already, you know it's all about the Dallas Cowboys. We got plenty to discuss. But before we do all of that, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on if you are watching on youtube whether live or the recorded version make sure you hit that notification bell so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl content dropping next item up if you could be so kind you got a couple extra seconds hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating if you are watching live hop in the live chat we would love to answer all of your dallas cowboy questions and more and we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talking the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will find the TalkingTheLine.com website, as well as all of the TTL crew's social platforms and additional content, so you can consume all of that however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, and beautiful gambling people, everyone in between, joining us on episode 98. Once again, I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45 Sroka, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast on this beautiful Monday. Uh, The NFL special editions roll on, but I can't do these things all by myself. Can't ever do a daily show by myself. If you haven't been here before, you might not know, but I got a partner that helps me row the proverbial boat that is the TTL pod gently down the stream. He is also a young man that is more than elated that his White Sox Swept my cubbies in the Crosstown Classic this weekend, got out the brooms. We were not in the Windy City to uh, watch it live and in action, but we will talk about that a little bit too. But enough from me, 
Let's bring in the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, it's a beautiful Monday on the inside here. It's a little stormy outside, so uh, you know, hopefully that power doesn't uh, get juiced out here because the storm is coming. But uh, you know, things are rolling along great here. I'm excited to get into the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting team to dive into this uh, afternoon here, this morning, I should say. Definitely not in the afternoon, but uh, they've got some talent, man. But uh, yeah, for those who are in the afternoon. But uh, yeah, a lot of talent, but uh, still a lot of question marks. So I'm excited to dive in here. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk to uh, talk about, and I'm glad you did mention the uh, rainy day outside. Quite the uh, storm going on right now in the Windy City. So, fingers crossed we don't lose any type of power or anything. But, hey, you know the vibes here at the Talking the Line podcast, making nothing but our own sunshine here and sending those rays your direction. Whether you're listening, whether you're watching, you know the vibes we're laying down for you guys today. We uh, had quite the weekend as a crew partner uh, coming in. told you guys we were not in the Windy City this weekend. Just a minute ago, we were in the wonderful city of Milwaukee in the Deer District. Uh, We'll talk about that later on in the show uh, once we get to our mag sidebar and some of the banter we have uh, before I close it out with my motivation minutes. (laughs) However, uh, that all in between, we had an awesome weekend. Uh, Definitely will be bringing you guys a blog in relation to that. Uh, We were going to do a vlog and put that out on YouTube, but... uh, uh, we'll talk about that as well. Some of the things really didn't work with uh, us two only being <laughs> being the only two there. So that all being said, a couple of quick reminders for we tell you what's all coming up on episode number 98. If you are usually coming to the Talk in the Line podcast for our best bets for all that nonsense, nonsense, uh, you can still get all of our best bets, even though we aren't laying them down. Hey, don't worry about it. You can follow us on the Action Network app. You can follow me at cash underscore with underscore Colt. And you can follow my partner at rmags in all caps. We actually both have already put out our picks today on the Action app. And then if you have, um, maybe you missed it there, or maybe you don't have the Action app, whatever the case might be, we also put out all of our picks on the TalkingTheLine.com website. So you can find them all there, and we actually make it super easy. You can bet right from our landing pages on the uh, website. So you click right on the icon, whatever you see there, it'll take you right to a landing page. You can bet on your favorite sports book. We make it super simple for you guys so you don't have to have a bunch of different things open and trying to remember what we have. And all of that is brought to you from our partners at TallySite. We absolutely love the content they uh, are helping us bring. And it's only getting bigger and better, and we're only getting bigger and better because of it. So make sure you check out all of our picks either on the Action Network app or on TalkingTheLine.com. Outside of that, nothing all uh, too major. We'll get you guys kind of filled in towards the end of the show as far as what to expect the rest of the week, what to uh, kind of expect as we get closer to the NFL and NCAA football seasons, and uh, as we kind of tail into the MLB playoff season here. Uh, plenty of stuff to expect, but we'll talk about that all on the end of the show, plus plenty more. So be sure to stick around and uh, also be bringing you my motivation minutes. Don't, uh, if you need a little uh, inspiration, extra motivation for the day, don't skip out on those. Got a little message today on being thankful and having a grateful heart for you guys. So maybe if that's what you needed to hear, stick on around for the very end of the show. I'll be sure to bring it to you in my motivation minutes. But for today, 
You're done with all the banner. You're done with all the rambling along. You came here for Dallas Cowboys. Insights, analysis, betting preview, fantasy football advice, and everything in between that we have been bringing you guys on The Daily Show now. So without further ado, it's time to get into today's team of the day, the aforementioned Dallas Cowboys. Now, partner, you did mention it. There is a lot of question marks within this team. Sure is. Both offensively and hugely defensively. Mm -hmm. There is a star-studded offense in Dallas. We will talk plenty about that and some of our expectations for them, but also defensively. We'll also uh, get into the coaching staff, see what we think about uh, Mike's, or or I'm sorry, Mag's old guy, Mike. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Mike McCarthy, double M's there when he was in Green Bay. We'll talk about all of that. Then we'll get into the schedule. We'll keep all of that nice and tight. It's going to look a little bit different. Uh, If you have been coming to the NFL Special Editions, the first two segments, the uh, team breakdown and the schedule breakdown are going to be a little bit more tight and concise. That way we can have a little bit more time for the betting preview and then all of our fantasy football advice. That will be the four segments, as always, on today's show, all pertaining to the Dallas Cowboys. Then we'll uh, talk a little nonsense, talk a little uh, what's going on with the TTL pod, TTL sports media in general. We'll let uh, r Mags dish out his sidebar of the day, and then I'll uh, wrap things up with the motivation minutes, and we'll send you guys on about your way. Hey, I'm a poet, and I didn't even oh, know it. So let's get into today's show. Without further ado, the first segment of the day, ladies and gentlemen, the Full team breakdown. Now, as always, we will start on the offensive side of the ball and then work our way to the defensive side of the ball and then wrap things up with the full coaching staff. As always, we'll look at some of the key additions and losses, so we won't skip that. We'll also look at some of the key 2020 numbers. And then once we get through all of that, I will quickly run through the full offensive lineup and then defensive lineup respectively. Then we'll give our takes on those and then move right along. Clean it up concise it up just a little bit and then we'll uh, have plenty more time to give you best bets and all of that stuff because at the end of the day we are a daily sports gambling show is that what we do oh that is what we oh, do. Okay. okay no kidding we're sports betting analysts how about that <laughs> all right without further ado my friends let's get on into it offensive side of the ball some of the key losses for the dallas cowboys going into the 2021 season nothing major uh nothing too important to write home about uh they let in total six guys walk offensively and returned most of those superstars as i mentioned earlier six guys that they let walk were andy dalton blake bell tight end uh J- J- Jamize, that's a good one. Jamize <laughs> Olawale, fullback. Joe Looney, center. Cameron Irving, left guard. And Greg Sanat, left tackle. So nothing crazy there. Like I told you guys, nothing, uh, no names that you're really going to be oh my gosh, I can't believe the Cowboys let that guy go. Now, they did add a few guys uh, via the draft, via free agency, via the trade market. And uh, my partner's just about ready to tell you about that now. Yeah, about as much as, uh, you know, lightweight here as far as your losses are concerned. Kind of the same here as the uh, additions go. Some deep depth depth losses, some deep depth additions. Ty Nishki uh, on the right tackle side of things. Going to be a depth play there. Jeremy Sprinkle tight end. Could be the number three tight end. Uh, Still going to be some competition there. And then as far as the draft, they went pretty, pretty heavy on the defensive side of the ball. Did not draft an offensive player until the fourth round. Offensive tackle Josh Ball in the fourth. Fifth round, Simi Fehoko, uh, wide receiver. And then seventh round, they took an offensive guard, Matt Farnick. So kind of plug and play down to some of the 
those uh, deep depth losses. Not much to write home about, you know. They didn't have to do too much here, but uh, you know, like I guess I like the uh, the deep depth uh, sprinkles on here. Yeah, I would uh, definitely agree with you. Nothing, once again, to write home about right. in regards to the, the uh, offensive ads. Offensively, uh, it's going to look pretty similar to what we saw in 2020. So what a segue into some of the key 2020 stats mm -hmm. uh, from these Dallas Cowboys. Now, uh, as far as yards per play go, they averaged 5.3. So a little bit weak for all of the big names. But we do know that uh, we lost Dak Prescott in week five to that gruesome ankle injury that we all saw live. I saw it live about lost my lunch. Uh, that was uh, definitely something to write home sure. about from last year. Uh, that all being said, We'll talk about the entire offense here in a minute, but it's, uh, they ran the ball on 38.63% of their plays where they passed the ball on 61.37 across the board, their completion percent, you know, they had that rotating quarterback carousel last year after Dak Prescott went out and then Andy Dalton, their completion percentage was at 64.63% across the board. Third down conversion percentage, you want to see this tick up into 2021, 40.47%. And then in the red zone, they only scored about 50% of the time. So you definitely want to see the third down conversion percent and the red zone scoring tick up. But I think a big majority of that was because Dak Prescott mm -hmm. was out. And then a lot of the offensive line was out. So we do see that offensive line return to full health in 2021. So once again, what a segue into the entire outlook into the offense here in Dallas. Now, as far as that offensive line goes that I just mentioned, they have L. Collins on the right side, Zach Martins on the right guard. Um, that is Tyler Bladsis, or uh, I do believe that uh, hard hard name to uh, pronounce there, Biatis. Biatis, I do believe. Uh, the, he's the center for him. Then you have Connor Williams, left guard. And then I mentioned to you as I was looking all this up, they have about 15 Trevins, Taylors, Ta Tevins, all over the map. So just so I uh, give this man the proper respect that he does deserve, uh, the left tackle for Tyron uh, Smith. Looks like Tyron Smith. There you go. Uh, so that's the offensive line. Obviously, some of those guys are names that uh, you saw on the uh, injured list or out for the entire season last year. They're back to full health. I think that that is going to loom very, very large for the success of this offense across the board. Now, one of the main things for this offense is protecting their quarterback, Dak Prescott. Right. That's QB1 once again. He's going to be healthy. They're obviously going to keep him uh, off the field in the preseason, let that shoulder heal up, let him get back to full health. And then Garrett Gilbert looks to be QB2 backing him up going into the season. Now that offensive line also needs to open up some run holes, and these running backs need to produce. Well, actually, RB2, Tony Pollard, can keep producing at the same level he was, but Zeke Elliott needs to produce much better in 2021 coming off of a six fumble 2020 that was a career high for Zeke and we are not used to seeing that never really saw that Ohio State and did not expect to see that in the NFL now also some other skill positions wrapping up the entire NFL you know the wide receiver room and the tight ends now as far as tight ends go Blake Jarwin coming back uh, kind of a little bit of a tight end carousel there last year but Blake Jarwin back he got injured uh, within 20 week one, I think week one within 20 minutes yep. it was in the first game so uh, very interested to see and how much of an impact that he'll be take off some of the heat from this receiver room because this receiver room is star studded they have Michael Gallup CeeDee Lamb and once again coming in roll tide Amari Cooper. Uh, I like this wide receiver room just about as much as I was talking up the Browns and the Bengals. I think they're 
I don't want to say underrated, but I think just because of where their team typically finishes, these guys don't get some of the love that they should. And I think that with Dak being back in the lineup this season, I think that that is going to be huge. Now, as far as offensively, I think this team is going to be in a lot of shootouts again. We saw them in a lot of shootouts with Dak on the field, and I don't think that they made enough improvements defensively that we'll talk about here in just a little while to be able to keep Dak out of the Superman role and having to make every single play every single time he's on the field. Now, that's kind of my thoughts overall on the offense, partner. I know uh, I'm sure you got some piggyback points to some of the things that I said, but overall, going into 2021, what are you thinking offensively here for Dallas? Yeah, we have pretty similar thoughts here, man. I totally agree with you. This wide receiver room is as talented as they get. Uh, you know, it's going to be seen whether or not this offensive line, obviously, they're going to improve if they stay healthy. Uh, it's going to be, I'm curious to see if they get back to what they were 2018, 2019 type production, or if they regress a little bit because a little bit of an age, uh, you know, type of pickup here but uh i really like the offensive line of course as you know zeke i i love zeke but at the same time i don't know that he is as big of a producer as you would want to want him to be for how much they're paying him all that to be said i think he's gonna have a much better year as long as that offensive line stays healthy as long as dax stays healthy because when uh even despite the offensive line it wasn't necessarily the offensive line tailing off and getting injured that really screwed up dax or excuse me zeke's season it was dak prescott getting hurt uh and of course the offensive line didn't help but it was really the lack of uh, dak prescott there so i think we're gonna see a much better year from zeke here uh just going to be uh still uh jury's still out whether or not it's going to be enough to really verify how much he's actually getting paid that type of that's kind of what i'm seeing here but i really think amari cooper and i think i think we're going to see a huge season from cd lamb here he still had both these guys still had really good seasons after Dak went out but their ceiling was a little bit it was a lot lower and their floor was even lower than that without Dak prescott in there so once he gets back there and stays in there consistently i think week in and week out we see cd and amari cooper putting up some really big numbers here i think across the board this offense is going to put up numbers this year i think with that offensive line being back to full health mm-hmm. that zeke elliott's going to have a uh return to form rebound year yeah. and not only do i think he will he has to yeah sure uh, there's no question about it and uh you know we'll talk about it a little later on but i think dak prescott is definitely runner up for comeback player of the year and i think that he is going to have a lights out season as well which is only going to lead to more production from that wide receiver room that right. you were just talking about so i think we see a very very good offense from the dallas cowboys this year Dak was leading in fantasy points and pretty much every statistical quarterback category before he got hurt in right. week five. <clears throat> so I think he picks up right where he left off. But we'll talk about all that fantasy and all that stuff, all the additional value plays on this offense. But where I think the Cowboys are going to get into trouble is they're going to have to rely too much on that offense. And I told you, keeping them in those shootout games and trying to win those shootout games. And that's because of this defense. We saw it last year. It was not good. They had defensive players saying in post-game interviews to the media, what do you expect me to hustle on every single play? Probably something you don't want to hear from your starting defensive backs, but I don't know. I'm not a head coach or an NFL player, so what do I know? I just talk about it. However, um, across the board, 
I don't know necessarily that we see a major improvement here from uh, Dallas on the defensive side of the ball. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about just some of the key losses and key additions. Kind of flip the script here as we flip the script on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Yep. Partner, you handle the losses, so why don't you hit us with it? What does uh, Dallas have loss-wise going into 2021 def- defensively? Yeah, handful of losses here. And, uh, you know, unlike some of the other teams I was talking about last week where they were trimming the fat, you know, that does seem to be a little bit of what they did here. But they also lost some guys that were, you know, kind of contributing even despite the uh, lack of defensive productivity. They lost Alden Smith, played 16 games last year after missing four straight seasons. Uh, He only had five sacks last year. So, you know, I do imagine that that's going to be a uh, fillable hole there. Antoine Woods, interior defensive line, played 14 games. Uh, Chidobi Owuzi, we talked about him in Cincinnati last week. He played eight games. Eli Anku, interior D-line, played seven games. Joe Thomas, linebacker, 15 games. Justin March Lillard, linebacker, played 12 games. Uh, So that linebacker core, they're going to have to rely on some of the newer guys that Mike Partner is going to talk about to pick up a lot of the slack. They lost Xavier Woods, who was rated pretty poorly. Uh, as far as uh, SFA goes, he played 15 games, but that might be an okay loss for them. Sean Lee, uh, linebacker, longtime Dallas Cowboy, he's gone. And Tyrone uh, Crawford, interior defensive lineman, also played 16 games. Well, thank you, partner, for the update on the losses sure category enough. there. Um, yeah, I mean, didn't send out some of the biggest names uh, you could imagine, but the names that they did send out were some of the guys that really weren't producing. Right. So kind of made sense for them. However, you mentioned it a little earlier on in the show. They went heavy as all can be as far as it goes, either via trade, right. free agency, the draft. They targeted defenders re- regardless of position. It was right. all across the board. So in total, they picked up five uh, guys on defense via uh, free agency or the trade market and then in the draft they picked up eight guys in total so let me tell you about all of them as far as free agency and trades go they picked up Keanu Neal safety Terrell Basham off the edge Brent Urban interior defensive lineman as well as Carlos Watkins who is also on the inside on the defensive line and then Demonte Kazee also a safety Demonte Kazee looks like he's going to get the starting spot right off the jump and uh, you know I I like these ads but honestly nothing that I'm uh, just absolutely losing my mind about by any means now as far as the draft goes they didn't do too bad but I'm a little concerned that some of these guys with their big names that they have they're going to have to depend on them a little too much in their rookie year and with it being Dallas they run the risk of potentially breaking these guys I'm sorry, Dallas fans, if you're listening, if you're watching, whatever the case might be, but it's the stone-cold honest truth. Now, before we talk about all of that, let me actually tell you about these guys they picked up in the draft. Big name, Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. Kelvin Joseph, defensive back out of Kentucky. Two names. If you watch college football, you know those two guys. Osa Odigizua. I hope I'm not butchering that. Probably am. Defensive tackle out of UCLA. Seemed pretty decent. Chauncey Golston, <laughs> uh, defensive end out of Iowa. Love uh, love that Big Ten selection. Always love to see Big Ten guys making it to the league. Nashawn Wright, uh, defensive back out of Oregon State. Great tape on him. He's actually a very solid defender. I don't know how quick he will get into action, though. Jabril Cox, linebacker, uh, transferred to LSU last season. Had a great season. They picked him up. Uh, I think they might have to depend on him just a little bit too much, much like Parsons. 
Parsons, but we'll save that for just a minute. And then Quentin Bohanna, uh, defensive tackle as well out of Kentucky. And then Israel Mukuamu, defensive back out of South Carolina. So they went defensive back, uh, linebacker, and defensive line heavy. They went all across the board, like I told you guys. Um, overall, I don't necessarily know that that draft strategy is going to save them from last season or save the Dallas Cowboys from what we have known to become the mediocre America's team. They have not been high level, even though some of the star-studded names, I keep saying that damn word, star-studded, but some reason this team fails to always be star-studded. And I know Mike McCarthy's not the one drafting these guys, but it reminds me a lot of the middle of this last decade of my Green Bay Packers, where our offense was star-studded, but our defense, you know, we had a couple pieces, and then we would draft eight guys in the draft that maybe one of them is successful, and then over time, you know, five or six of these guys are washed up and either on a different team in two, three years, or totally out of the league in two, three years. I don't know that we see that necessarily from this Cowboys team. I mean, you mentioned Micah Parsons. I don't think he has a huge impact this year. I like him down the road Uh, but as far as this year i don't like the uh acquisitions to really make that much of a difference in this 2021 season i could see it in two or three years maybe even after what i just said i could see a couple of these guys being really solid but overall man I don't see it for 2021. Yeah, um, and before we kind of dive into a full outlook there, um, some of the key 2020 numbers here from Dallas that I don't think really improve. Uh, As far as opponent yards per play, they allowed 5.9. I think those might go up just a little bit. Their opponent completion percentage was at 63.94%. Opponents on third down converted 46.89% of the time. And in the red zone, opponents scored 61.82% of the time. So third down, not terrible, but we really got to clean up that uh, Uh, red zone there Dallas uh, maybe down at least into the middle 50 range however uh, you mentioned it partner I don't necessarily know that we see a whole lot of improvement here from Dallas I I don't know that um, this is going to be one that you really want to target even fantasy wise or anything like that but we'll talk about that too Um, they do have a few familiar faces returning Demarcus Lawrence uh, Neville Gallimore uh, that is also Trevin Hill I do believe on the defensive line and then um, as far Tristan Hill actually Tristan Hill and then Gregory Randy Randy Gregory so wanted to make sure uh, just so you guys see those and then um trevin diggs i do believe that is is uh the cornerback i know diggs as him um he is uh one of the lower rated cornerbacks uh-huh. in the league not uh not a great outlook overall for this secondary they also have lewis and brown on the uh, opposite side of diggs and then uh talked about demonte kazee picked up uh via free agency he's gonna get the start looks like at free safety and then it's strong it's gonna be wilson so I don't know. And then obviously in the middle, rounding up the uh, front seven, didn't talk about him, but Micah Parsons and then uh, Smith as well. Uh, That is Jalen Smith, I do believe. Uh, Yeah, so... You know, I think Jalen Smith will have a good season. I think Michael Parsons will have a good season, but I think there's just too much expected of these guys, some of these rookie names that are going to be planted in very early or expected to contribute wherever they do lie in the rotation. And I just think they are uh, going to be relied upon way, way too heavily for this defense to have any type of success. I mean... We saw it last year. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. It didn't really matter if it was a poor defense or a poor offense, a great offense. Across the board, this Dallas Cowboys defense just wasn't it. Now, we'll talk about him here in a second, but they brought in Dan Quinn, new face, new system. But unfortunately, a lot of these players from their past don't fit into a Dan Quinn system. So that is also a little puzzling. Not really too sure what is going to happen defensively, but in my humble opinion, 
I don't think we see any improvement here at all. And it might be the demise of the Dallas Cowboys yet again. Um, as far as that goes, any wrapped up closing thoughts that you didn't get out there on the defensive side of the ball, partner? I mean, not to mention, yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, that these guys, some of these guys don't fit Dan Quinn's system. Dan Quinn's system hasn't really worked out in the past few years, even over in Atlanta, yeah. either way. Uh, so I really think, uh, you know, this team is kind of, as far as a coaching perspective, we'll talk about it in a second, but uh, I think they're behind the bill here. And as you mentioned, it, it's, it's not looking good for me. I don't hate their front seven here, um, but I don't think they're good enough to, you know, hide the, you know, lack of skill that the secondary holds because I think that secondary is going to be picked apart. And, you know, we might see a little pressure here and there from Lawrence and Gregory, but overall, I don't think it's going to be enough to, <laughs> to do anything good for this Cowboys defense. I don't think it is either. And, um, actually it's, it's funny that you kind of mentioned, uh, just kind of rankings a little bit in there. Um, kind of wanted to segue into that as well. Um, before we talk about the coaching staff and kind of put a full cap on the team breakdown, um, I don't think myself either that those few rushes here or there are going to be enough to save this secondary. And uh, I don't think that the few rushes here or there are going to be enough to save the front seven either. No. And the guys over at SFA think exactly the same. This front seven is coming in ranked right now as the number 23rd, 23rd ranked Ish. front seven in the league right now. And then the secondary is the 25th ranked. So much like my partner and myself, the guys over at SFA do not have high expectations at all for this Cowboys defense, especially under Dan Quinn now. However, for the offensive side of the ball, didn't mention it, but it does bear mentioning, they're star-studded once again. I keep using the term, but it definitely is notable, and it definitely is worthy from this Cowboys offense. Number five ranked quarterback room, number three ranked offensive line, number nine ranked running back room, and number two ranked receiver unit. They are solid. And the running backs could even improve from mm -hmm. number nine because Tony Pollard was actually the better of the two running backs yep. last year, as much as you hate to say that. And I think we see plenty of improvement from Zach or Zach Zeke going into 2021. <laughs> uh, I think he's going to get fed and, uh, and I think he's going to return to that just non-stop grind it out feed me Zeke football that we know and I think he cleans up those fumbles too I think that's going to be one of his yeah his no big question keys. so last but certainly not least let's put a, a cherry on the proverbial Sunday that is the uh, team breakdown last but certainly not least these uh, guys need somebody to lead them into battle well that is uh Mike McCarthy head coach also uh Kellen Moore offensive coordinator and then uh, mentioned him a handful of times there Dan Quinn new defensive coordinator looks like Dan Quinn's gonna be up in the box he was uh, for the first preseason game but we'll see exactly what happens I mentioned a little bit that some of those guys uh, that they picked up uh, kind of to fill some of the holes that of the guys they let walk really don't fit into a Dan Quinn system. And you mentioned it, partner. Dan Quinn's system hasn't been very doggone good over the course of the last decade. Right. So I don't know that this was a great move for the Cowboys. This might have been yet another bonehead move and another coach that kind of pulled the wool over old Jerry's eyes. And, uh, you know, the jury's kind of out there. But the jury's also still out on Kellen Moore. I don't know what uh, exactly we see from him. Now, you might think, well, Colt... Uh, Dallas offense they produce they do well well yeah but they should produce a lot better for some of the teams that they play they should be scoring a lot more now you might have some of the glaring games stick out where they scored 30 40 50 points but those are few and far in between and some of those games where they needed to score those points they made a lot of bonehead moves and a lot of that falls on Kellen Moore's shoulders so 
we'll see if we see improvement across the board. I don't know what you're thinking, partner, but as far as these coaches go, these might be another group of, or, or at least group of two guys. I don't know, maybe Dan Quinn, maybe they have him in and out, but I think all three guys are potentially on the hot seat with the way Dallas is right now. Yeah, I agree, man. And I, I don't love the offensive, uh, you know, play calling that we saw last nope. year, despite obviously you can put a lot of blame on the rotation of quarterbacks, but they didn't do a lot to help those guys out. They really, you know, kind of stuck to the same thing threw another guy in there and hope it was going to turn out differently. Now, of course, Dak Prescott is going to elevate, elevate that, no question about it. But, you know, this offensive scheme is kind of living in the past, the 2010s and before that. If, uh, you know, if if they brought in a head coach that was kind of the new style of things, I think this might be the most lethal offense in the league, no question about it. Um, and, you know, like you said, we're still going to see a lot of points, but it could be, the ceiling could be much higher in my opinion. Ceiling very could be much higher, but, uh, you know, we'll see if it actually gets there at any point in time. Uh, but as far as that goes, I could not agree with you anymore there on all of those points, partner. Uh, putting an official cherry on top of the proverbial team breakdown Sunday, head coach Mike McCarthy comes in ranked as the 19th ranked head coach in the NFL right now. So pretty adequate, uh, I would say. Pretty adequate, middle of the pack, a little bit on the back end of middle of the pack. And I think that's perfect spot for old double M's and um, much like the defense. I don't think we see improvement here either. No, I'm sorry, Dallas fans. You guys might not like me, but uh, I think it's going to be another mediocre Dallas season. And uh, actually there, what a segue into uh, their full season, their full schedule breakdown, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for all of the team breakdown. Let's get on into the schedule. Now, first things first, um, just looking briefly, uh, when we first po popped it up a um, few few days ago, first reading through this, uh, you know, this is one of the first teams we've seen that has had a lot of green uh, when it comes to strength of schedule right. per the guys at Sharp Football Analysis. Uh, that is who we keep referring to as SFA, if right. you uh, aren't familiar. You know... I think that the Cowboys definitely have a serious possibility to win a handful of games here. But as I went through it again last night and read through a few different things in addition to uh, SFA's season preview, I just, it's so hard for me to see the Cowboys not having yet another mediocre season uh -huh. and just struggling to uh, hopefully limp into the playoffs and maybe get a win. But I, I doubt it. And I know you might hate me again, Cowboys fans, but it's the cold, honest truth. Now, before we get into kind of our divisional opinions, uh, the main eight opinions, and then the other three as far as records go, let me just tell you where they're at, what we're looking at uh, all the way week one, all the way through week 18. Kick off the season with a formidable foe. Sheesh. No problem at all. Week one away in Tampa Bay against the Bucks, then on the road, they go to the opposite side of the country, to <laughs> L.A. to play the Chargers. Then, okay, schedule makers said, ah, relax a little bit. We know we goofed you up there. Weeks three, four, and five, all in Dallas against the Eagles, Panthers, and Giants. So definitely winnable games there. Could be three and two after week five if they if they do lose to the Chargers, which, man, there you go. There's my opinion there. Then week six, they go back on the road to New England, play, play the Pats, regular Sunday game. Bye week is week seven for the Cowboys, and then they come out of the bye to play the Vikings in Minnesota in week eight. Week nine and ten, both home games against the Broncos and the Falcons. 
Then, yikes again, they go on the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs, come back home to play the Las Vegas Raiders, and then go on the road three weeks in a row in week 13, 14, and 15. They play the Saints, the Washington football team, and the Giants again. Then they go back home to play the Washington football team in week 16, then wrap up the season in 17 and 18 at home against the Cardinals, and then they go to Philly Special to play the Eagles. You know, as far as an opponent outlook goes, definitely winnable games. We said that last season. I'm pretty sure I said that the season before, and damn near I might have said that two, three seasons ago. Every year, you look at the Cowboys and what they have, and they somehow get one of the easiest schedules on the face of the planet Earth. Right now, as a forecast, per Sharp Football Analysis, they are to face the sixth easiest schedule of opponents. I 150% as I look at those opponents would concur with that just without doing any type of rankings or Mm -hmm. statistical analysis, stuff like that. But as I said just a little while ago, I think there's going to be so many doggone shootouts for this Cowboys team. And they were really good in field goal games and one score games last year. And I think we see some regression to the mean with that, even with the return of all their firepower offensively. Now, before we get into uh, kind of our uh, record predictions, partner, anything you can pull, anything you can say right here off the bat? Well, I mean, as much kind of what you said, piggybacking off of that, as mediocre as, uh, you know, about half at least of the schedule is, it's, you know, a lot of these teams still have some formidable offenses that are going to put up some points on this Dallas defense. And like you said, it's really going to be, can Dak outscore these teams? And in some cases, I think the answer is yes. In a couple of the cases, I think the answer is no, I don't think so. I think you're very right on both ends of the spectrum there, man. And I, I I was thinking it before I started doing a lot of research and diving deep into the Cowboys. And I was thinking that Dak was going to have to do what he did last year. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we look at the opponents, the more that we do this, not only for our knowledge benefit, but for your guys's, the more that some of my early season biases are starting to get backed up. And it's like, Man, oh man, I hate to see this for Dallas yet again, but the way the cards are starting to stack up on the table, it's looking like a repeat of the last five seasons that we've come to know and love from the the old team that reps the blue star on their sure. helmets. And not to mention, they the offense came out of the gates scorching hot, and they right. still started 1-3. and three. Right. Should have been 0-4. They pulled right. a rabbit out of their hats <laughs> right. against the Falcons, who were, you know... <laughs> choked even harder every single game than the Cowboys did so you know I don't know we'll see here all right we'll dive into the full schedule quickly we will give you our uh, predictions for some of their record within the division their eight non-divisional games that was previously mentioned and then the remaining three outside of that that's right remaining three 18 weeks well 17 official weeks on the schedule this year and then uh, we'll talk just a little bit about the 2020 schedule just kind of comparison into 2021 and then We'll get into the nitty-gritty, what you guys really came here for, the betting preview, all of it for the Cowboys, and then our best fantasy advice. But let's stick with the schedule for now. First things first, partner, um, I got to ask you, man, and it's been on my mind since we started doing these special editions, because we've talked about them a lot because they face a lot of the teams we already talked about. Is this going to be the NFC least again this year? Are we going to see the return of the NFC beast? 
NFC Beast, no. Is it going to be? I think it's going to be better than it was last year. But, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll have a tag for it like that because I don't think it's going to be an NFC Beast by any means. But NFC Ish? NFC Ish. 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 Yeah. I like that. I like that. There we go. NFC Ish. Ish. I like that. I'm gonna roll with that unless they. Uh, I mean, unless they're terrible, I could absolutely see them. You know, the NFC East being the yeah. NFC least once again. I think yeah. uh, a couple of these teams will improve, though. That's kind of where my thoughts are in general. <laughs> you know, I look across the board and I think that the Cowboys should have light work of this division this year. I think that they should win it. They did win it last year, if I'm not mistaken. Washington. Washington did. I. Oh, yeah, that is right. Washington won seven, it. Seven wins. Seven wins. Um, You know, I think it's going to be a split with the Giants. I think that's just going to what it's going to kind of come mm. down to. I think they have a strong possibility of getting both over the Eagles. But once again, I could see a split happening. I, I very well could see a split happening. And then... Out of all of them, I'm most certain on a split between the Washington football team. They have a defense that can limit this Dallas offense, and then I think that their offense has enough firepower to make that defense look a little goofy in return. I hate to say it. I've looked at it a few times, but I could see the Cowboys going 3-3 three and three in the division here. Okay. I could very well see it. I got. Uh, I'm going four. I you and I are right aligned with the Washington football team. I think they split there. I like that defense a lot. And then I think, as you mentioned, in one of those games, their offense outscores them. And then I think they sweep. I'm leaning towards a sweep of the Giants and a split with the Eagles. I could see that flipping. However, uh, the Eagles are both these teams are big as big of a question mark for me. I think the Giants are a little bit more of a better bet that they're going to be a bad team here. So I've got a. Sweep of them and a split against the Eagles. So I'm going four. All right. Yeah. And, and you know, the more you say that, I I do like a sweep of either the Giants or the Eagles. I just, I'm not confident either way. I don't know which one, really, but yeah, I, yeah I, I think you get a sweep and a split. Yeah, way. I think you do either way, but I, I'll, I'll side with you there. on. I, I would say four and two as okay. well. I, th- I think that they could potentially uh, win the division here, but it's going to take a lot for the outside eight games sure. for this Cowboys team. They face the AFC West and the NFC South in their main eight games outside of the division. Broncos is going to be a shootout in my mind. Yep. I really think it's going to be. I That's a coin flip and a half for me. That fucking game could end in a draw for all I know. I like them against the Broncos, but I, I think it is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I do think they lose to the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a shootout. They potentially lose to the Chargers, and they get the win over the Raiders. Um, whether either way, they either beat the Chargers or they beat the Broncos. I got them going two and two in the AFC West. Yeah, I've got uh, yeah two and two as well. I've got them losing to the Chiefs and Chargers, and then uh, beating the Broncos. You know, I'm not super sold on them beating the Raiders, but I will give them that win. I think that one might be the best bet for a ridiculous 45-42 type game. Yeah, <laughs> on Thursday night football, it looks yeah. like. So I'll give them that win, but uh, you know, I'm not sold on it. I'll give them the win though, two and two. All right. Well, there's the AFC West. How about the NFC South? I think that they get the win over the Falcons. Dan Quinn gets his lick back, old former team. Hey, 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 check yep. me out on America's team. I get the win. There's man, I ever since we talked about the Panthers, I have not gone back and forth more I, than oh, any I other got dog the Panthers on team. In that one, man. Uh, I think I do too. Uh the Saints, 
I still am staying pretty low on the Saints. Uh, if you didn't know, we're not talking about them today, but Michael Thomas sent out a pretty cryptic tweet. Sure did. Uh, you know, some more injuries are happening. Things are not looking good in New Orleans, uh, if I do say so myself. So I think that they could potentially get that win. And then I think they lose to the Bucks. So yet again, in the South, I, I got them going 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Definitely losing to the Bucs. Uh, I, I like them in that game against the Falcons. Uh, you know, another wild shootout, but I'll take them there. And I'm kind of right there with you. I'm leaning towards Panthers there. And then uh, I I don't lo- I feel like the Saints might have some early early struggles and then kind of figure themselves out once they get to that point. So I, I'll give them two wins, but I'm not sold on it. I could see them going one and three out of the South. Very well. And that leaves. Uh-huh. Three remaining games to wrap up all 18 weeks. Patriots, Vikings, and Cardinals. I see them losing, finding a way to lose to the Pats. I see them finding a way to lose to the Cardinals. And I see them finding a way to beat the Vikings. And I see them going one and two in their outside three games. I, for the Pats, not offensively. That game will not be won offensively. That game will be won defensively for the Patriots. Okay. And it'll be something goofy at the end. It'll end 23-17 to 17 or something stupid. Last second uh, field goal or last second touchdown as the clock's expiring. I don't know. I just see the Patriots getting that win. Okay. That that that's also on the road in New England. So I mean that that is just in my mind that that game's tough. Okay. That's a tough game. Week six, that's tough. I'm flipping. I can't you know, I'm not super sold on it, so I'm not gonna emphatically disagree with you. I lean towards the Cowboys getting that win. I like where your head's at. I can't disagree with you too heavily. I think the Cowboys have a little bit of enough offense to get through that defense, whereas I don't love the firepower that the Cow- uh, Patriots have to keep up with the Cowboys. So I think the Cowboys can edge that one out. So I'll give them two out of that one. I like them to beat the Vikings there. Uh, both teams coming off their bye week in that game on what appears to be Sunday night. Uh, Vikings and Kirk Cousins do not fare well on primetime games. So I'm going to give the Cowboys that one in another shootout. And then I like the uh, Cardinals in a Week 17 shootout on the other hand. So I'll give them two and one on that one. You know, the Cowboys have to be the Cowboys at some point in time. Yep. And they have to flub up somewhere. Yep. And I think that these three games okay. are the games that they are. Okay. So if you're sticking with me, kind of we're we're once again kind of on the same page here. For the most part, just a little yeah, bit the different. Patriots one was our yeah, biggest difference. Just, just there. a little bit different. However, I'm right at nine wins. I got them four and two in the division, four and four outside, and then one and two in the remaining three. So that's nine and eight for the season. Um, that's mediocre at best, and uh, that's under the season win total that we'll talk about here sure in a little is. while. What do you think? I had, you know, I earlier on in the day before we started, I was at nine. I just gave myself ten there. Uh, which I guess I kind of flipped on the Saints game uh, with the Cowboys winning that one. So, you know, it, we'll talk about it in a second, but this is my least uh, sure of, that I've been on any season total here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all that being said, final couple key points uh, in regards to the schedule before we get into the betting preview, because mm-hmm. you can already tell we're chomping at the bit to talk about the season total and all the stuff that we love because we are sports betting analysts at the end of the day. We just love NFL to the core. Um, as far as 2021 goes compared to 2020, definitely a little bit easier, definitely a lot less, a uh, lot less question marks. Now the NFC West wasn't as high powered as it is In going into yeah. this year. 
it was still good, but it just wasn't as good as it looks right. like it's going to be this season. The AFC North obviously was a little goofy, a little uh, lackluster than it usually is. The Brownies won the doggone division, for right. crying out loud. So, I mean, uh, it was kind of the apocalypse last year in the AFC North. Obviously, we had the NFC least. They couldn't figure out how to win the division with that. And then they played the Vikings and the Falcons. So it was, it almost is kind of pretty, pretty equivalent in that it gets just a little bit easier into 2021 here. And, you know, they have plenty of opportunities to get it done, but I just think that the Cowboys and this coaching staff are going to continue to shoot themselves in the foot as much as I hate to say it. And not to mention, there's a couple of teams on the schedule that could very well exceed expectations here. I mean, the Falcons, we're not super high on them, but they could bounce back and beat the Cowboys in a shootout. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, the Patriots could handle them well defensively. The Vikings, you know, we've both been very low on them, but they could both surprise us. Yep. And then, you know, one of these teams in the NFC East might uh, turn things around. I'm not betting on that, but, uh, you know, we'll see, man. We'll see. I think it is kind of what you're saying, pretty similar to 2020 in many ways. Absolutely. Uh, And then final couple closing thoughts. Last, but certainly not, well, I guess not last, a <laughs> couple final. First thing, yeah. uh, first thing here, if Zeke Elliott doesn't have a good season, it's on Zeke Elliott. And the reason why I'm mentioning that now is because some of it does have to do with this schedule. Forecasted right now, the Cowboys are facing the ninth easiest schedule of rush defenses. Mm-hmm. So Zeke should have more than enough opportunities to absolutely get bursted wide open that all segues into this offense should have more than enough opportunities to do what they need to do it's just going to come down to if this defense can make the stops when they need to make the stops and allow allow these cowboys to win the shootout games because that's what it looks like it's going to be and i have no doubt in my mind that's what it's going to be and they don't even have to be like a top 10 top 15 defense if they're the 20th best defense that might be enough i think it'll be enough (laughs) for sure i think it'll be enough they don't need to be high powered they just need to get the job done last but certainly not least definitely worth noting because there are a couple spots here that uh, the cowboys are going to struggle in as far as game timing when it comes to rest and prep my friends very very important um from the guys over at sfa i love that they put this in here for every team They have four opponents that they're facing that has over a week to prep for them, and they only have one opponent that they're facing that has less than a week to prep for them. So not great as far as a prep advantage goes there for the Cowboys. So that's a little something to think about. Going to be some short turnaround weeks here for the Cowboys with them playing a lot of those primetime games. Then they have two rest disadvantage games and also two rest advantage games. So nothing to write about home there as far as rest goes. And then they play zero games on a short week uh, road game. And then they play one uh, game off a road Sunday night or Monday night football game. And uh, just so you guys do know, that is um, the Monday night football game or the Sunday night. No, I apologize. The Sunday night football game against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, on to Denver in week nine. So some of the key things to uh, be of note there, um, I mean, they're looking good in some areas, but as far as uh, the bye week kind of being a good thing for them, not looking great this year. And then as far as them having any type of prep against some of the key opponents that they're going to need to beat, not looking great in that department either. Yeah, I would like the timing of this bye week, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, the Vikings, they play the Vikings in week eight. Both teams have the week seven bye week, so not an extra advantage there, but uh, I do like as far as, you know, injury-wise, licking your wounds, 
he, uh, healing yourself up for that second half run. I do like that, uh, how that placement is concerned compared to some of the teams we talk about having like week 12, 13 by weeks. So, you know, maybe a little bit of an advantage to uh, compared to some teams, but we'll see. You're talking about as far as their bye week goes? Yeah, like as far as the timing of it within the season, not so much, you know, as far as that week's opponent. I just mean as far as I like having the bye weeks that 7-8 range as opposed to later on in the season. Gotcha. So you're not... Uh... Maybe if you're limping into the bye week, exactly. you got a little bit more time to fix some of the, the yeah, glaring holes that you have. But uh, one problem with the coaching staff, didn't have too much luck fixing the glaring holes, right. and they just kept uh, trying to fit square pegs into round holes. But that's neither here nor there. We've already talked about all of that, and uh, that officially does it for the entire schedule breakdown. Let's get into the good stuff, the stuff you guys come here for. We are a daily sports gambling show, my friends. It's time for the entire Dallas Cowboys season betting preview. Let's get after it. And as always, we will look at 2020 before we dive into 2021. First things first, the ATS record and the over-under record for the Dallas Cowboys in 2020 and some of the key trends and numbers in regards to that. In 2020, they had an average line. They were underdogs of 1.8 points. Now flip the script a little bit here going into 2021, and they're favored by 0.3 points on average. Favored in eight games this year and dogs in nine games this year, but we'll talk about all of that in the weekly uh, betting line segment there too. They were 5-11 and ATS in 2020 with a 6-10 and straight-up record, 1-6 ATS as a favorite, 4-5 and ATS as an underdog. Home and away splits weren't anything to write about either. They weren't very good wherever you put them. 3-5 ATS at home, 0-4 ATS as a home favorite, and 3-1 ATS as a home dog. So maybe walk that statement back just a little bit. They were decent as home dogs. On the road, they were 2-6 ATS, 1-2 ATS as a favorite, and 1-4 ATS as a road dog. So not good at all for them on the road. And you would actually expect to see better numbers, especially coming off of that 2020 season where there was no away crowds that you had to battle. Right. Very surprising to see that they were not able to have a little bit more success against the number, especially in the underdog spot. 1-4 ATS really surprises me, especially when they went 3-1 at home. That all being said, moving on into the over-under. Now, they had an average line in 2020 of 48.4. It has ticked up just a little bit here, probably because of the return of Dak Prescott and how well he started last year. Average line in 2021 of 49.6, and we will talk about the game totals here very shortly as well. This is also the highest average in 2021 over the course of the last four seasons. So, are the books trying to trick some people in playing too many doggone overs or is this Dallas team really going to be in those shootouts that we're talking about here nonetheless they were 10 and 6 overall over under and it looks like they're going to be an over team here again this season they were 7 and 1 over under at home 5 and 3 to the under on the road 4 and 4 over under as a favorite and 5 and 3 to the over as an underdog So I think they're an over team here once again this season, and I think we see it happen in a lot of those spots as an underdog, and I think teams come in wanting to beat America's team. That's their Super Bowl, and we're going to see those shootouts again 
it might even be another seven and one to the over at home this season in 2021. That was exactly what I was going to say, my man. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that as far as not being a great over under team on the road, despite the lack of home crowds. So I'm, uh, you know, a little bit curious to what we see from this offense on the road. Yeah, yep. Having said that, like you said, seven and one is not out of the question at home again. Absolutely. I uh, I think that's going to be one of the spots that you're going to want to target yeah. this Dallas team in. So, uh, hey, keep an eye on it. Mm. If you don't follow us on the Action app, you better fucking make sure you do so you don't miss any of those Dallas Cowboys overs if we do decide to play them. But also, hey, just check out the TalkingTheLine.com. You ain't got to follow shit. Maybe you ain't got the app. Right. Just, hey, everybody's got a website browser, TalkingTheLine.com. And if you can read English... You'll see all the nice tabs there. I'm telling you, it's super easy. We got it all set up for you. But last but certainly not least, before we dive into 2021 here, you scream, I scream, we all scream for teasers. Every single Sunday in the football season, I sit firmly in front of the couch as the great Doug Kazarian talks on the Daily Wager, and I build my own teaser as uh, they talk about some other plays that I might put in. So for my benefit, but hopefully for you guys too, because you love a teaser, let me tell you a little bit about how these Dallas Cowboys were last year in six, seven, and 10-point teasers, respectively. Now, we've been talking about a lot. few of the last teams that uh, we talked about, hey, target them, yep. stick them. You're trying to do a 10-point teaser. Not always the best odds there. You need an extra leg, get you some plus odds. Put that team in there. Dallas Cowboys may not be one of those teams. Six-point teaser, 11-5 and five record, as well as the same 11-5 and five in seven-point teasers. And then a little bit better in 10-point teasers, 12-4. and four. But be careful. I think those fours were some of those uh, ones where you couldn't get them all the way down through the key numbers. And he said, ah, yeah, that's fine. They yep. should be able to cover those. Just be careful when you're putting the Cowboys into any teasers. Just uh, some of those spots when you see those 11-5 and five and 12-4s. and fours, those are those ones where you didn't get them down through enough key numbers and uh, kind of screwed the pooch, if you will, that yeah. being Dallas. Yeah, there's going to be a real specific spot for a teaser for me on the Cowboys because there's going to be some games where they put up 28, 30 points and they still lose your teaser for you because that defense gives up 40 points. Yeah, and that's not something I'm looking forward no, to. No, thanks. So there you go. There you have it. Be leery of the Cowboys in your 2021 teasers. All right. That's everything from 2020. Uh-huh. You guys are chomping at the bit. I've been chomping at the bit since we started episode number 98. Let's take a look at 2021 here. Now, across the board, I told you guys uh, they're favored by about an average of 0.3 points, so nothing crazy there. But they do have good handful of underdog games, good handful of favorite games. Eight favorite games, nine underdog games. And uh, as far as just a general outlook goes... There's not a whole many spots that I'm running to the window at this time in general. Uh, I'll obviously run through them all here real quick. And uh, partner, if you see anything or hear anything rather that kind of jumps out at you, something might have some value, you're more than welcome to stop me. But I'll just kind of super speed run through the weekly betting lines and then we'll kind of talk about maybe some stuff to uh, look at. And then, oh, obviously the way too early week one pick. Now, told you already they're facing the Bucs in week one. They come in as six and a half point dogs. And then week two, three, and four, they are all, uh, or I apologize, week two, they are on the road again to the Chargers, one and a half point dogs. I think that's very reasonable, one and a half points. Cross-country trip, week one, week two, Tampa Bay to LA. Then week three, four, and five, they're all at home. They are favored in all of those games, six and a half points against Philly, five and a half against Carolina, and five and a half against the Giants. Then right before the bye in week six, they face the Patriots as plus one and a half underdogs. 
Then come out of the bye in week nine as minus four, or I, I apologize, in week eight as two-point dogs against Minnesota in Minnesota. Then week nine against Denver at home as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Then week 10 and 11, both underdogs coming in as five-and-a-half-point dogs in week 10 to the Falcons. I'm wondering if that's a typo. We saw that earlier on a couple a week or so ago. That At home in Dallas, that seems a little That does seem that off. Seems off. So I think that might be five-and-a-half-point favors in week 10 at home against the Falcons. Then this seems pretty doggone right. Seven yep. and a half point dogs against right. Kansas City on the road in week 11. Then week 12, 13, and 14, they come in as five and a half point favorites at home against the Raiders. Then three and a half point dogs on the road in New Orleans. Then it is a virtual pick 'em plus one and a half point dogs right now against the football team in week 14. Then week 15, they are a one point favorite at home against the or uh, on the road against the Giants. I apologize. And then close out the weekend or the season, week 16, 17, and 18 as five point favorites against the football team, one and a half point favorites against the Cardinals, and one and a half point dogs against the Eagles. Like I said, I don't know about you guys, but just running through that in my mind, there is nothing or no numbers on that page that are making me want to absolutely run to the Dallas Cowboys. Not even any really of the underdog numbers, maybe potentially three and a half in week 13, but the Saints could be scrapping for their proverbial lives at that time and something could very easily end in a one point game, not a one score, a one point game. I do like the two points uh, in Minnesota in week eight coming out of the bye. I think they'll have more than enough time to prepare. And we all know that these Minnesota and Dallas games are always highly contested. So, Not to mention, I didn't mention earlier, uh, Mike McCarthy coming out of the bye. Not a ton of success historically. No, no. really. I don't know the number, but I know. I mean, shit, I was he was with my Packers for a while. His bye week success was not fantastic. Yikes. Okay, well... Yeah, then in that case, across the board, nothing uh, that's really jumping off the board <laughs> at right. me that I really feel like I need to uh, hammer in at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I might be interested in that Chargers, the Chargers in week two on the road there, kind of yeah. how we mentioned. I think they might struggle offensively on the road compared to what they might do at home. Like we were saying, I think the plays might be some of these home overs. I think so. And as you can kind of see, uh, I think the books are pricing them or setting them pretty doggone accurately. Um, now, you know, they're on the road week one and two. Both of those are set at 52 right now. Mm-hmm. And then they drop down because I think, I think that week one and two might go under 52. Mm-hmm. They might have trouble scoring. They might, they just might have trouble scoring right off the jump. Week one, I like it. And they might be some shootouts. And then week three, four, and five, they drop the number down to 49 and a half, 49 and a half, and 48 and a half. So I think those first two weeks, just just from what I'm gathering, looking at numbers, no line movement, no money movement, I ain't seen shit yet, just what I know from handicapping, I think that they're going to drop those down, and then you're going to see three back-to-back overs, back-to-back-to-back in weeks three, four, and five against the Eagles, the Panthers, and the Giants. I think it's just going to be three fucking shootouts in Dallas, and it's it's going to go over 49-and-a-half twice and 48-and-a-half. I'm, I'm not... I'm you might be spot I'm not on. opposed to that at you all. You might be spot on. <laughs> I'm not opposed could, to hammering those early right now. Right. I, you might be spot on that week two number. I'm. Uh, that's the one I'm not sure of. We'll see what the Chargers and Cowboys look like week one. But I think you might be spot on with that. I, I could see that week one game going way, maybe not way under, but, uh, you know. Yeah, definitely uh, under 52. On the low end of the spectrum, they're, the very lowest one they have is actually week 18, closing out the season against the Eagles, 43 and a half. So 
maybe they're thinking Dallas might have the the division locked up or one of the teams have the division locked up. Maybe these two are going to be the bottom. It's going to be kind of a clusterfuck type of game. I I don't know what to tell you, but that's the lowest. And then the highest that they do have as well uh, is a 55. And that 55 is actually against the Chiefs in week 11 in Kansas City. So I think that could be a shootout too, but I don't know. You, We all know Arrowhead as one of the more hostile environments in all of the NFL when it comes to stadiums. Yep. So having a full capacity crowd back in action, it could loom very large sure. for the Chiefs making a deep playoff run once again. So there you go. Some of the outlooks for uh, the game totals, but uh, I think as far as 2021 goes, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a total play team. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to want to stay away from them against the number for the time being, probably all of 2021, unless they surprise the shit out of us right. and actually uh, actually do something against the number. But I don't think they do. I don't think so either. There might be, I'm sure I'll have at least one or two games where I think they have a clear advantage over a team, and I think they absolutely whoop their ass. Uh, but I'm right in line with you, our partner. Show enough. Well, there you go. Weekly lines and game totals. Let's keep it moving and grooving with another total, but for the season. Okay. The season win total for the Dallas Cowboys. If you uh, tuned in just a little while ago, you heard us say our predictions. Myself, personally, I'm under. But let me tell you about it here first. It is set at 9.5 right now. The over 9.5 is at plus 115, and the under is at minus 135. In my mind, I have looked at the Dallas Cowboys year in and year out and think that they are going to overperform that number and crush that number and should have no problem doing that to that number. Why are the books setting that total so low? And you know, maybe they get right to it this year. Maybe they get right there. And I think they do. And I think they finish with nine wins. And they go nine and eight in 2021. And this goes under nine and a half. It's kind of on the fence. It's more of a lean. It's not one that I would run to by any stretch of the word, but coming from me, I don't know about you, partner. I'm taking under nine and a half for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021. I said it earlier. I mapped out this morning. I was on nine wins. Then went on the show here. I mapped out 10 wins. This is the one that we've done so far that I can emphatically say that I will not be playing because I do not know. I suppose I'll lean towards the over just because of their strength of schedule. I do think their offense is going to put up a lot of points. It's it's a very unconfident over ten and a half, or over nine and a half and give me ten wins. All right, so a little <laughs> bit of a divided table, but bit. not confident on either no. side. If you're leaning one way or the other, a couple of alternate totals to give you that have a little bit of value if you might like them. Now, if you're on the over side of things with mags, you can get pretty good value at over eight and a half. You can kick it down one and you get it at minus one seventy. Over 10.5 is at plus 160, so a little bit of a lean in my mind, but not yep. terrible odds. And then over 11.5 is at plus 270. I think you should stay away from that at all costs. If you are on my side, you think they go even lower. Under 8.5 right now is at plus 135, and under 7.5 is at plus 200. I don't think they go under 8.5. I think it's going to be really nine it's going to come right under the number under nine and a half and i think that minus 135 on the original season total is plenty of value to take it but uh once again i'm not uh i'm not all too concerned about trying to trying to take a minus 135 ticket to the window when it could very easily go sure. over on some goofy stuff as well not so, in a future like that no that does it for the season win total my friends but uh hey we're degenerates 
We love to just hammer shit in left, right, and center. I don't give a damn if it's a defensive rookie of the year play. I don't care if it's a comeback player of the year. Hell, I don't care if it's who's going to have the most first down yards in the first three games of the season. (laughs) Give me, if it's got odds on the son of a gun and it relates to the NFL shield, come to papa, baby. I'm hammering it in. I don't give a damn. So that being all said, the good degenerate I am, had to check out some side bets, and I know you did as well, partner. Now, one that I wanted to mention that I am the most interested in that I think you guys should take note of is Micah Parsons for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Right now, it is at plus 550, and that is number one. Talked about it a few shows ago for the Brownies, Jeremiah Owusu-Kormoa. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very, very high on him, and I think he gets the Defensive Rookie of the Year. So why do I think that? Micah Parsons was electric at Penn State. Sure. Absolutely electrifying. I think I don't think he's a bad player. I don't, but I what I do think is that the Dallas Cowboys defense is a bad defense for him to start his NFL career in. And I think he's going to struggle. I, I don't think it's going to be him falling off the face of the earth by any means, but I don't think this is going to be a defensive rookie of the year season by Micah Parsons by any means. Now, um, uh, Quiddy Payne is number two. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of, we'll talk about him later, but definitely a lot more competition for Wusu Kormoa than I think Parsons is going to be this year. Bottom line, I know you might hate to hear that, Dallas fans, and you might think that that was the steal of the season, your number one overall pick. But I just I don't think that that's uh, it's, it's just going to be too much pressure on him in my mind. That's yeah. where I'm at. I'm right there with you, my man. I mean, for him to win this award, he has to make such an impact that this Dallas Cowboys team is kind of looking or defense is kind of looking like a middle of the pack or better defense. And I just don't think he's that good no. right out of the gate. So I am uh, right in line with you as far as, uh, you know, what your pick was the other day. So I'm staying away from this one altogether. All right. Well, uh, I would as well, but that's why I kind of wanted to uh, mention it to you guys. If you guys are, oh, Michael Parsons first one over, eh, maybe maybe stay away from that bad boy. Uh, another one that I actually mentioned earlier in the show, and we've mentioned a lot over the course of these NFL special editions, and I think I think this might be the value play as long as he stays healthy. I don't even want to put that out into the world again for Mr. Dak Prescott, but to be comeback player of the year, plus 200 right now, he is the favorite. I don't know where you're at in your mm-hmm. mind with that partner, but man, I, outside of maybe OBJ, this this is definitely my favorite too for comeback player of the year. Yeah, I, I might actually hammer this one in uh, at plus 200 because you have to imagine that his, as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood, his numbers are going to be off the charts no matter what their record is. Um, and so I think he's going to be, uh, I don't want to say the runaway guy for this because as you mentioned, OBJ, there's Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, those guys are are going to be in the conversation but if Dak stays healthy his numbers are going to be there and I don't see any one of those guys topping his numbers none whatsoever so uh, I would definitely say that's a safe play safe little side bet for you there uh outside of the defensive rookie of the year and then if maybe perchance perchance that the Dallas Cowboys have a crazy season they somehow make the playoffs and Dak Prescott picks up right where he left off before he got injured and has a top three bare minimum quarterback season maybe the mvp's worth a look dak right now is only 15 to 1 to win the mvp so definitely worth a look that's the fifth player right now on the board i know you always like your boy a rose to get the repeat sure. but 
Man, oh man, I don't think it's out of the question either for Dak. I don't hate the value, man. At 15-1 to 1 with the schedule that he has laid out, I think his numbers will be there. It's all a matter of where the Cowboys finish as far as their record. If they can go over 10 wins, he will absolutely be in that conversation because a lot of it is going to be on his back to get to 11 wins. Yes, so sir. I don't hate that value, man. I don't know that I'll be playing it. Uh, maybe I'll get talked into it. But you know, with the schedule that's right there, the defenses that they're playing, it is not out of the question. It's not out of the question at all. Uh, but outside of that, no real value within the coaching staff or any of the other players at this point in time. Um, obviously, week to week, there's huge value on the player props, yeah. on everything like that. So we'll be sure to cover that week to week, everything we're looking at. I mean, we're going to we're gonna have everything covered from props to totals to spread everything. This, this is... Uh, I don't want to say it's our sport, but it's our freaking it's sport. Our sport. We, we, I'll we, say it. We fucking love <laughs> NFL. So wrapping up uh, the betting preview here, just some couple key things for you guys to uh, take note of. The Cowboys to win the NFC East uh, is uh, first overall right now. They are the favorite at plus 130. Uh, that plus 130 odds tells me it's going to be a little bit muddy in the NFC East again this season. And I'm not too uncertain that Riverboat Ron doesn't rally the boys and get it done back-to-back years, especially with whatever little bit of magic old Fitzy's got left in the tank and in that beard. That's kind of what I'm thinking, man. Plus 130 for a Dallas Cowboys team that has a massive fan base. Seems a little trappy to me. Give me a break. Seems a little trappy Give to me. me and as you mentioned, I am extremely high on Washington's defense. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with their offense. But I, I'm not saying uh, Fitzmagic, takes them, Fitzmagic takes them to the promised land. I'm not saying that. But I think he might do enough. Uh, you know, this matchup alone, you know, obviously it was after Dak got hurt. But Washington football team put up 25 points and 41 points on this Sheesh. Dallas defense last year. So. Sheesh. And that's with, uh, I don't know who played quarterback in those games, I honestly. I do not know who played. One of those was just, a, I think it was a Thanksgiving game, if I'm not mistaken, and it was a brutal game for the Cowboys. But nonetheless, man, I see Damn. that offense being at least a little bit improved. So I think that plus 130 is a little trappy, if you ask me. I 150% concur with you, man. The Dallas Cowboys, it's... It- Making America's team the favorite to win their division is just like, hey, everybody, give us all of your money and you'll never see it again. They're one of those teams. I talk about it it in every single sport. I talked about it with the Yankees this year in baseball. I talked about it with Duke uh, in the college basketball sphere. They were a terrible ATS team, and it's because the the aura of them and the fan base that they have draws so much uh, money onto these markets, no matter how good they are. So it seems a little trappy to me. Don't uh, don't be running to the window on the Cowboys is what we're trying to tell you, yep. all right? Last but certainly not least, maybe somehow they make it to the playoffs without winning the division. I highly doubt it, but if you think so, to win the NFC, they are at 13-1 to 1 right now. Uh, so sixth in uh, the NFL, and then to win Super Bowl 56, they are 28-1. to 1. That is 11th place right now. So the book's giving them a little bit of respect, but... Uh, Nothing, I believe, folks, that uh, you should be hammering in on uh, your next trip by your favorite sports book. No, thank you. I think, you know, these the cream of the crop of the NFC just is so much more complete teams. The Bucks, the Packers, the Rams, all three of those teams have so much better of a chance to beat up on these Cowboys than uh, the Cowboys do in reverse. 100%. And, hey, you're tuned in to the Dallas Cowboys preview. And you're telling me you ain't got no doggone questions about the Dallas Cowboys. You're telling me that we just covering every possible thing that you could be think about. We want to interact with you. We love you guys. We cherish your support at the bottom of our hearts. 
drop something in the damn comments. I don't care what the hell it is. It doesn't even have to be about the fucking cowboys for all I give a rat's ass. I just want to answer a fucking question, please and thank you. I'm tired of asking the doggone question and unfly <laughs> out. So there you go. Bring them on. Come on, partner. I'm ready to saddle up. Talk about some cowboys. Moving right along. That being said, off of that soapbox. <laughs> that being said. Off of that soapbox. Let's wrap things up here, my friends, with uh, the fourth and final segment of the Dallas Cowboys season preview with our best fantasy advice and the segment, if you missed it, we have now coined. Start, stash, or pass. You got it that time, partner. Pretty close. (laughs) We're on it now. So let's wrap up the show. Uh, This is usually the briefest and quickest segment because we've already talked about uh, mainly everything there is in regards to the team or anything in between. Uh, So first things first, partner, kick it on over to you. I'll definitely have uh, some thoughts on this as well. But... QB1, Dak Prescott making the return. We're obviously both high on him to uh, have a great return into 2021. If you do get him in, well, I'll ask it to you this way. Are you targeting him in your draft? Is he going to be one of those guys that I know your draft strategy a little bit later uh, on the quarterbacks, as am I? I personally believe he's going to be one of those guys that's going to fall there, but would you typically uh, look to get your hands on him? And if you do, is he in stash territory for now coming off the injury? Or is he in must start by the dip? Give me all a deck. I'm going start, man. This would actually be a guy that might consider me to break my strategy of waiting to draft a quarterback. He had an average okay. of 27.1 okay. fantasy points before he went down. You know, he's just going to be in these games where you start to finish, he's going to be having to put up points. And we might see some five, six touchdown games from him this season because he's not going to be, you know, sitting out the second half, the fourth no. quarter, that type of stuff. He's no. going to be in every single one of these games and it's going to be on his back to draw him back. I mean, of course, you mentioned Zeke's going to have a big load for sure. But all in all, you know, it's not going to be a 90 percent run game to 10 percent passing. It's going to be a yeah. lot more balanced, even if Zeke is eaten. So. Yeah, give me everything, every bit of Dak here. I, you know, as I said that, I probably won't break my strategy, but he would actually be one that I would consider breaking my strategy of waiting for a quarterback. Sure. And any dip that you see on him, I would buy into. If if you if he's just sitting around and you, you could use a quarterback, yeah. take him up because I think he is going to be very underrated going into 2021, man. I I am I'm really thinking that much like you said, he has some of those five, six touchdowns and maybe more than just some of those. Maybe it's yeah. damn near every yeah. game and we might even see 50, 60, 70 north of rushing yards from him too every single game. Now, it's a little bit scary to hear from Dallas Cowboys fan and what happened on the rollout to the left side last year. Hopefully we don't see that. Hopefully yeah, Dak gets know. a little bit more safe, but honestly, he wasn't that unsafe in that play in the first place. Right. So We'll see what happens, but for me as well, start Dak Prescott, and if you can get your hands on him, scoop him up. Now, as far as Gary Gilby having any type of uh, fantasy value, Garrett Gilbert having any type of fantasy value, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pass on away uh, for Mr. Gilbert, as I can tell you you as well, partner. No, thanks. Now, as far as the running back room, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I'll kick things off on this side now. I wouldn't. No, I would. I would. I'm still high on Zeke. I still think that he has the potential to be one of the top five RBs drafted. No question. I think that we see improvements. We're not going to see the fumble issues that we saw last year. I don't think that we're going to see the half a yard before first contact and then a yard after contact and just blown up run play after blown up run play. I don't think that's what we're going to see this year. And I think 
that Zeke's going to have a pretty doggone good season. I think he finishes well within the top 10 running backs, and I think that he's definitely worth an RB1 or RB2 spot, maybe more of an RB2, just with some of the question marks coming in from last year, but I think he's revamped, rejuiced, ready to go. As far as RB2, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard was actually a better back than Zeke Elliott was last year, so in my mind, we only continue to see positive regression. I think he's also worth a scoop. At this time, I wouldn't necessarily highly, highly target him in your draft, maybe towards some of the later rounds, but definitely worth a stash if Zeke goes down for any reason, if Zeke struggles for any reason, they decide to start Pollard in a game. He's worth a flex borderline RB2 spot in some situations, and I think Tony Pollard is definitely worth a look as well. Wouldn't target him in your draft. I would definitely target Zeke in the draft. That's my thoughts on the RB room here in Dallas. What about you, partner? Yeah, I, I, I'll take them both. I like right. uh, Zeke. He was number nine running back even after Dak, or on the entire season. So that's even after uh, putting up similar production even after Dak. So I like him to stay in that or jump back into that top five running back. Am I taking him, you know, top three pick in the draft? Probably not. I would still take him top 10 uh, in the first round of the draft. No question about it. So I think he's going to have a big year. I will also scoop up Tony Pollard as a flex to running back two spot. And as you mentioned, if Zeke gets down, he could be very, very valuable. He was a number 31 running back last year, which just doesn't jump off the page to you, but he's definitely worth putting on your team. And uh, against some of these bad rushing defenses that we will see the Cowboys play, even when Zeke is fully healthy and is eaten you know, all of the carry, not all the carries, carries, obviously, but a good amount of the carries. Tony Pollard's still going to get some work and he could break up some big runs. So I will absolutely stash Tony Pollard and, uh, you know, in the right matchup, I'll start him. All right. Hey, we're both high on uh, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. So definitely uh, worth adding to your fantasy lineup this year. A little bit more Zeke than Tony from both of us, but hey, we like them both. Now, as far as the wide receiver room goes, all three guys definitely deserve spots on your fantasy lineup. But as always, don't target all three of them because then you start all three and one of them goes off and then you just wasted two other spots. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. If you've been playing for a while and you're listening to this, I would hope that you know better than that. But sometimes you just got to say certain things. All right. So there you go. There you have it. However, in my mind, I'm targeting CD Lamb first and foremost out of this wide receiver room. Uh, He would be um, my wide receiver one, not because I don't love Amari Cooper as their wide receiver one and because I'm not one of also the biggest Bama fans that you will come across in addition. However, I just think that CeeDee Lamb is going to have some dog come out of him in his sophomore season, and I think he might take over out of the slot. I think we're going to see a lot from him, and I think that's, that uh, Cooper's going to have those big plays. He might hawk more of, the, uh, more of the long ball touchdowns, but I think that Lamb is going to be able to, classic football quote, matriculate the ball down the mm. field, if you will, and uh, I think maybe in those red zone opportunities too, that uh, 10 yards and in, those quick little slants for CD are going to play, pay huge dividends uh, for this team. So I, I would definitely say uh, as far as those two guys, definitely worth both wide receiver one spots here going into the the year. And then Michael Gallup, also not worth uh, or not unworthy of a look as well. I think that you want to target him a little bit later, but definitely targetable in the draft and definitely worth a starting spot. I think that he can continue to improve here, and I think he's worth a borderline wide receiver two, definite flex going into 2021. 
What do you think about the wide receiver room, partner? Yeah, I think I'm, I'll start with Gallup. I'm kind of right there with you. He's definitely worth a look, definitely worth putting on your team just because of the potential of how many yards this team is going to put up. And then as for the other two guys, I am very high on them. Uh, kind of, I might be interested, as you are, in CeeDee Lamb a little bit over Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb was number 22 wide receiver last year. Uh, still put up some solid numbers without Dak, but uh, you know, with Dak in there, the consistency is not going to go away. So I could see him being number top 15, if not top 10. Mari Cooper was number 15 receiver last year. I'll be taking him again. Not a huge drop off after Dak went away, but the ceiling and the floor were lowered. He had three games under five fantasy points after Dak went out mm. uh, and two over, only two over 20 after Dak. So those less than five point performances should go away with Dak in there every single week. So I think Cooper could jump into that top 10 ranking. So I'll be interested in him, but kind of like we were mentioned with, uh, I believe it was Odell last week, not quite in that range of uh Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. Not neither of these guys, in my opinion, are gonna be that range, but no. still I could see him being that next level though. Definitely. And I, I definitely think once again, all three guys are worth an ad, just not all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So for sure. there you go. Our opinions on the wide receivers. Now there's also uh, another guy on the field that can be a pass catcher. That's the tight end room. Couple of options here. Now Blake Jarwin coming back uh from injury in 2020, full go 2021. I think he's definitely worth a look. I would stash him for now just because I don't know what we're going to get. We really didn't see much from him. We really don't know for sure, but it does appear that he's going to be top notch. So if he's sitting around late rounds in your draft, I would scoop him up and stash him for the time being. Dalton Schultz was a good replacement for Jarwin when he went out. Um, Was a guy you could plug and play from week to week if he did go up against uh, poor uh, tight end defense. And then um, another couple of guys in there that I'm not sure if they're going to get a lot of work, but maybe potentially worth a little red flag is Jeremy Sprinkle. Uh, He's been a solid uh, tight end his five years in the league so far coming out of Arkansas. And I think he continues to improve. And then maybe even Sean McCown. I wouldn't say uh, waste a red flag on Sean McCown at this point in time but uh, definitely worth a look there too hopefully Blake Jarwin can stay healthy and uh, we don't have to worry about getting into this Dallas tight end room again but I think Blake Jarwin is definitely worth a stash here uh, before the season gets started and uh, if we see good things from him season or uh, in week two and three put him in absolutely in four and five coming in at home yeah I think I'm kind of right there with you uh Dalton Schultz ended up being the number 11 tight end last year so I'm interested to see if Blake Jarwin comes in and scoops all that time from him or if we see kind of a split that's kind of where my concerns lie mm. much like you though I will take a stash on Blake Jar uh, Blake Jarwin and take a red flag on Dalton Schultz because I think uh Schultz's productivity is going to drop now with Blake Jarwin in there uh fully healthy obviously but I am you know, the, I like the optimism of having Blake Jarwin and having him being that, uh, you know, every down tight end. But, uh, you know, I'll stash for now on the, uh, you know, less likelihood that we might see that. I don't know. So both on stash on Blake Jarwin. And then, hey, maybe Dalton Schultz pops out of maybe. nowhere at again. Who knows? More of an or maybe. Well, hey, my friends, kickers are human beings, too. And don't you ever forget it. And actually, this Dallas Cowboys team has one of the legs that you need to target every fantasy season if you don't know you won't know but you should know if you're a fantasy player greg zerline greg the leg baby coming back again to dallas uh had plenty of dominant seasons with la uh, other teams before that and i think uh we see him coming in the second year here in dallas under uh mr fossil for the special teams i think that it's going to be uh another top notch year for greg zerline and definitely one of those top five kickers you should target in your fantasy leagues yeah 
I'll be right there with you. Give me all that. There you have it. And then last but certainly not least, the only hole left that you could possibly fill on your lineup out of this team is the defense and special teams. Now, obviously, I'm not I'm not going to be taking them in any capacity in a draft. I probably wouldn't pick them up off of waivers in any capacity either. I'll probably let them sit. Now, I do think that they could be pretty doggone good in a plug-and-play scenario because they do face a handful of teams that I think could have those brain-neutral bonehead moments and lead to some fumbles, maybe a special team score. I don't know, maybe something along those. But I'm not targeting them. I'm not saying you need to pull them off of waivers potential if your defense is on a bye week or something crazy is happening and it's a beautiful plug and play opportunity that would be the only reason that i would say do anything with this dallas cowboys team this year in fantasy yeah we're 100 right there with you i mean you know even some of these mediocre to bad teams that they're playing it's good offenses bad defense for those teams as well and the spots that you know optimistically i could see is if the giants and eagles <laughs> offense ends up being really brutal those might be some good spots other than that no interest in the dallas defense here all right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The entire Dallas Cowboys season preview. It is completely wrapped up. We cover the offense, the defense, the coaching staff, the schedule. Gave you a full betting preview. Looked at 2020 betting-wise as well. And then just dished out all of our best fantasy advice. If there was more to cover, we would do it. But unfortunately, there's just not. Everything is there on the table. And it will remain for your viewing all the way to and through the 2021 NFL season. All right, partner. Let's keep this thing moving right along. That does it for all of the Dallas Cowboys NFL special edition, but we got some other stuff we always uh we always work in here and you know I got my motivation minutes to uh dish out. Before we do, it sounds like a tsunami yeah, man. is What's going, going on, on outside. Uh, if you guys noticed me pulling my headphones back just a little bit ago, I was listening. Um, there's one of the vents back in the back that the rain hits from the top. It's an old HVAC unit in the production studios, and you can hear it hit. And sometimes if it if it's like really, really raining outside, that sucker is going. And I was hearing it back there through my headphones. And I was like, goodness gracious. And then just as I did that, it sounded like there's 50 feet of water in the balcony outside. So yeah. uh, I'm kind of in interested to see what's going on out there once uh, the whole show's over but hey once again making our own sunshine making our own sunshine so let's keep it rocking and rolling uh before we talk about some ttl crew updates what are we expecting on some coming shows stuff like that partner anything burning on the brain melting on the heart festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 98 of the ttl pod on this beautiful august 9th twenty twenty. One. Oh, got to stretch that one out. Okay, nothing crazy here. How about a little Cowboys all-time uh, passing and rushing yards update as far as the career leaders go? Mr. Dak Prescott, despite only a few years in the league, already number five in Cowboys history in terms of passing yards. Should, uh, could even jump into number three after this season, definitely after a couple more seasons. He still trails Danny White and Roger Stubbuck for those next two spots. Romo and Troy Aikman a little bit of ways away, but uh, you know if he stays there and stays healthy, he could be number one in no time. 
And then as far as Mr. Zeke Elliott, actually already number three on the Cowboys' all-time rushing yards list. Uh, that's behind Tony Dorsett and Emmett Smith. Got a long way to go for those two boys. 6,000 yards to get to number two, 11,000 for number one. Obviously, those two guys, uh, their names speak for themselves. So, uh, you know, if Zeke wants to be mentioned in that same conversation, he's got to put up those numbers. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to be there for, uh, you know, five, six, seven. If it's number one, it's going to be for quite a while. But, uh, you know, that's a little update for the Cowboys passing and rushing yard stats career-wise. Well, there you go. Dak at number five and Zeke at number three. Both gentlemen have a little bit of work to do before they see number one overall. Thank you, as always, for your sidebar, partner. Of course. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, outside of that, uh, how about just some updates here, some stuff to expect going on throughout the uh, rest of the week here and uh, as we trudge into the NFL and college football seasons, we are officially one month, exactly one month away today from the start of the NFL season. It's September 9th, ladies and gentlemen, so it is right here, right around the corner. We still got plenty of stuff to talk about. So um, some stuff we're going to discuss post-show, some uh, things in between. Might be a few little changes to the uh, daily show. We might start uh, putting in a few teams here together, uh, do some stuff like that, as well as MLB postseason is starting to get right around the corner too. So we kind of want to get in on some of that action. So we might work that back in, stuff like that. Um, so we might get through all 32 teams a little bit quicker than originally anticipated. This is just still cause for speculation, obviously just kind of throwing this out here so you guys are aware. Um, so if we get through all of that, uh, there'll be just kind of a few little buffer episodes, if you will. Then it'll be back to business as usual. We'll be talking all NFL, all college football. It'll be nonstop and it'll be top-notch stuff. We'll also um, might possibly... Not might possibly. It's uh, more than might possibly because things are starting to cripple, clip along on that front. Uh, we might have another show uh, coming your guys' way here very shortly, hopefully by the end of the month. Uh, we were kind of shooting last month but just didn't hit some of the goals we needed to in order to. So hopefully uh, we get some of those things accomplished here going into this month uh, because I don't like hitting, not hitting goals. And I think that we can definitely do it and uh, think that it would not only open – our audience up to more audiences and more into the industry, but uh, open uh, other audiences to us and what we bring to the industry as well. So uh, kind of a little hint, hint there for you sure. what might be coming around the corner. But we definitely do have uh, another show in the works and then uh, another show in the works on top of that and then a few other things as well. So uh, we got kind of a, a few things right on the cusp that are uh, right about to roll out behind the scenes here of the daily uh, Talking the Line pod. So make sure you stay tuned in uh, to all of our social medias if uh, you miss anything on the live show uh, or at the bare minimum just stop by talkingtheline.com every single day and you'll see all the latest and greatest everything you need to know there what direction the show's going what additional content's going out what are we hammering in for the day I mean everything TTL crew is there and it's covered so I just wanted to remind you guys of that. Uh, make sure you hit the link tree in the bio. That way you can uh, check out all of our social platforms and content there. And then uh, check out all of our best bets of the day on the Action Network app. Once again, I'm at cash underscore with underscore Colt. And Riley is at rmags, all caps. 
That does it as far as my updates, anything I had there. Actually, aha, we have uh, episode number 100 on Wednesday. We have a little bit uh, something something special coming your guys' way on uh, Wednesday. So make sure you're here for episode 100. It is going to be a celebration, bitches. I cannot wait. I am so excited. We uh, it, it blows my mind that we have clipped down 100 episodes. Yeah, seriously, um, man. It... it, uh, it Hey, when I look back where we started, where we where we're at, and where we're going, I uh, I am just always amazed, and I am so grateful and so thankful for uh, every single day that we have the opportunity to uh, talk about this. And actually, what a segue! Oh, okay. Into the message of the day. Oh, okay. And my motivation minutes. Well, if you didn't know, if you had not read the description at this point in time, and you just heard what I said. You might know now what today's message is on. And it's on being thankful and having a grateful heart. And it's more of a reminder than anything. Not really me telling you you have to do this or you have to do that. Now, I do believe that you should have a grateful heart and you should be thankful in every situation you found in or that you find yourself in. And I believe doing so is one of the most critical keys to your success in life and living a happy, centered, and fulfilled lifestyle. Now, I don't know who needs to hear it, as I always say, but take some time to be grateful today. And not just today, tomorrow. And for the rest of the week, and the month, and the year. And stop being so negative. Start being thankful for everything that you do have in your life. And stop being disappointed for all the stuff that you don't have. If you spent as much energy taking account for all the amazing things that you have been blessed with in your life as you do worrying about what you don't have or what others have that you don't have that you wish you did have, you might actually get places in your life. You might actually start getting those things that you wish you did have. Start spending your time in the areas of the things that you already have and have already been blessed with and watch the areas that you wish you had follow suit and come right on along. And this kind of plays into something that I've, I've said many times before but haven't said it in a while so it bears mentioning. Get the inside right and the outside will follow along. If you choose to just be grateful today, you pop up out of bed and, and just grateful that you opened your two gifts, your two eyes, that your lungs are filled with air, that you have a roof over your head and were able to not sleep out in the rain last night, that you're able to turn on the water, splash it on your face in the morning, that you're able to use a working toilet and not have to use an outhouse or something of that nature, that you have food in the fridge to nourish your body before you go about your day. All things that we just click the brain the brain on autopilot and just go about in the morning and forget how blessed we are to have them. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you, my friends, is just be grateful. Just be grateful for you. Stop worrying about others. Stop worrying about other situations, other circumstances, how your life could be better how things could go well for you. If only, oh, 
And I'll never catch a break. We all know those people. Don't be one of those people. Be thankful. Be grateful. Share that positivity, that gratefulness with everybody you come in contact with. And start seeing those areas that you wish you had in your life start to come into your life. You just have to make the conscious effort to get the inside right first. And then all those good things on the outside are going to come right on along. You're going to be chugging that positivity train down the tracks. And then all the good things caboose is just going to roll up right on behind you. Got to give you a little comedy to make sure it sticks in your head, <laughs> all right? So for, not for me. No, no, not for me. For you. For the only one staring you back in the mirror 24-7. Today, tomorrow, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, and in your damn life. Stop being negative and start being grateful. Start being thankful for everything you do have and watch those blessings compound, multiply, and fly into your life. So choose to be grateful and thankful today, my friends. And that does it for my Motivation Minutes. Great stuff as always, my friend. I don't know uh, what else I can add. I think a lot of people need to hear that right now. Too many people are worried about complaining about what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, that's wasting your time as far as being grateful for what you have right now. So, uh, you know, that's basically what I have to add down to this. I think everybody needs a little bit more gratefulness every single day of the week. Show enough. Uh, and, hey, if you if you know me, I don't give a damn about all that stuff going on on the outside or, or any of the nonsense that's going on in the world. This is what I care about. And that's why I say I have G4 classification to talk about these things because I try and bring that gratitude and that positive energy, that thankful vibe to everything that I do. And I, and I try and portray that to you guys as much as I can because me, in relation to this, I am so damn thankful that you guys give us the opportunity to get up every single day and chase our passions and give you our opinions and then allow me to share a few keys with with uh with you guys in, in this thing called life i mean i just clicked over and to see some of you guys coming back in that had left to just pop in for some motivation minutes i mean from the bottom of my heart you guys i i am i am so grateful i'm so grateful for each and every one of you i'm grateful for ttl sports media i'm grateful for your goofy ass that you get to sit next to me every day I, i'm just i'm so beyond grateful for you guys and i just want to permeate that to you and just ask, not for me, for you, to start being grateful and thankful and start sharing that with everybody you come in contact with. So that does it officially, my friends, for my Motivation Minutes. And by the looks of things here, my friend, that does it, episode 98 in the fucking books. What a show. The Dallas Cowboys have been officially discussed, previewed incited, analyzed, previewed, per you, <laughs> all of the above, everything in between. If you missed any of it, hit that rewind button or grab the little toggle shit, whatever, and just drag it on back to the other side, rewatch it. It'll be here all the way to and through the NFL season. You know the drill. You got some motivation minutes. We talked a little bit about what you got coming up here on the TTL pod and coming from the TTL crew in general. Plenty of stuff right around the corner, my friends. But uh, as for now... Let's put a cherry, officially, 
on top of the proverbial Sunday that has been episode 98 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 9th, 2021. As always. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Dallas Cowboy fans, fans of the NFL Shield, fantasy football players, NFL betters. If I missed anybody out, you too. Or if I left anybody out, you too. In between, far <laughs> and wide. Had my partner way off guard there. But either way, my friends, once again, from me and Mags, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for all of your support, all of your following, stopping by the daily show, stopping by our social platforms, everything in between. We had our uh, little bit of a crew vacation going into uh, this weekend. We're able to kind of kick back, relax in Milwaukee, stay a little bit off the social platforms and stuff. So we're going to be back full 100% rocking and rolling. And uh, we were so excited to get back live here today and, and start bringing content back to you guys in full force. So as always, my friends, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Monday, unless you have other plans. And we'll see you back around the bend for episode number 99. Tomorrow's show will be on as you're throwing me Denver some Broncos. Denver Broncos. It is the Denver Broncos. It's always going to be, you never know what you're going to get at the TTO pod, ladies and gentlemen. But I suppose that's why you keep coming back. So for now... Even though we didn't dish out any on the show, you can still check them out on the Action Network or TalkingTheLine.com. Always got to have an opportunity to give us a plug. Ladies and gentlemen, for today, let's cash some tickets. <laughs>